Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati, brought to you by lisatarmati.com. Well, you're listening to Pushing the Limits with Lisa Tarmati. Fantastic to have you guys back with me again. I hope you're ready and buckled in for another great interview. I really do get some amazing people, and this lady is no exception. So today I have Dr. Elizabeth Yurth, who I originally heard on the Bulletproof Radio podcast with Dave Asprey, who I love and follow. Um, and she is a longevity expert, but Dr. Yurth is also a medical director of the Boulder Longevity Institute, which she founded in 2006. And she's double board certified in physical medicine and rehabilitation and anti aging and regenerative medicine. So she's a specialist in sports, spine and regenerative uh, medicine. She's an orthopedic surgeon uh, and she's also heavily into the whole regenerative stuff. So, st- you know, from stem cells to different supplements to working with the latest in technologies that are available to help us slow down the aging process and to help people regain function. So it was a really uh, super exciting episode and I'm going to have Dr. Elizabeth on a couple of times. She's also a member, a faculty member of the 25 Mastermind Physicians Fellows at the SEEDS Scientific Research and Performance Group, um, which allows you to stay abreast and teach others uh, in the emerging cellular medicine field. She's also been an athlete herself and works with numerous sports teams in both the collegiate and the professional levels. Um, She's a wonderful person and I'm really excited to share this interview with her. Before we head over to talk to Dr. Yurth, I just want to let you know about my new anti-aging supplement. Now, this has been designed and developed by Dr. Alina Serenova, who is a molecular biologist who is also coming on the podcast very shortly. And um, this is an NMN. It's nicotinamide mononucleotide. I recently read the book Lifespan by Dr. David Sinclair, who's a Harvard Medical School researcher in longevity and anti-aging. And he's been in this field for the last 30 years. And his book was an absolute mind-blowing, you know, real uh, look into the future of what we're going to be able to do to stop ourselves aging, to slow the aging process down, and very importantly, increase not only our lifespan, but our health span so that, you know, we stay healthy for as long as as possible and don't have this horrific decline into old age that most of us expect to have. So Dr. Sinclair in this book talks about what he takes and one of these things is an NAD precursor called nicotinamide mononucleotide. I searched all over the place for this. I couldn't get it in New Zealand when I was searching for it and so I went and found Dr. Alina Serenova who has uh, developed this product and I'm now uh importing that into New Zealand. So if you want to find out all the science behind it, um, please head on, head over to nmnbio.nz. That's nmnbio.nz and all the information is on there and you can always reach out to me, lisa at lisatarmity.com if you've got questions around that. Um, we've also updated our running coaching system. So the way that we are offering our online run training system is now a complete new look. Um, we are doing fully personalized, customized training plans for runners of all levels and abilities. So we will program you for your next goal, do a video analysis of the way you're running, improve your running form through drills and exercises, build your plan out for you. You get a one-on-one consult time with me as well uh, and just really help you optimize your running performance and and achieve those big goals that you've got. So head on over to runninghotcoaching.com to check that out. Right now, over to the show with Dr. Elizabeth Yurth in Boulder, Colorado. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Pushing the Limits. Today, I have Dr. Elizabeth Yurth with me from Colorado, Boulder, Colorado, and she is a longevity and anti-aging expert. She's an orthopedic surgeon. She's a, a real overachiever, and I'm just super excited to have her on because I have been diving into Dr. Yurth's world for the last couple of weeks since I heard about her on, uh, on the Bulletproof radio show. So Dr. Yurth has kindly given up an hour of her time to 
to, to come and share her great knowledge. I know we're only going to skim the surface, Dr. Earth, but um, it would be fantastic if we can gain some, some amazing insights on how the heck do we slow down this aging process. Um, so, Dr. Earth, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lisa. I've, I've been actually stalking you ever since you asked me to do this, and I've been fascinated with all the things you've been doing and teaching, and, and, and I love it. And you know, I, I love that there's people like you out there who are now getting the masses involved in this and interested in this because doctors aren't doing it, and, and so it has to be that educate the public and, and you know, people like you are paramount to that. So thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, like I think uh, this is the beauty of podcasts and such things. And we in the internet, we now we can go direct to the best minds on the planet, right. get the information direct to the consumer, cutting out all the, the middle people, so to speak, and, and really get this information out there. Because what I've found in my research in the last few years is that there is so much amazing, great science out there that has never seen the light of day. And not and and certainly not in local clinical practice being utilised. So, Dr. Yes, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the Boulder Longevity Centre before we get underway, and and uh, what your work there is all about, and your background? Sure, I'd love to. So basically, I've been in the orthopedic medicine world for thirty years, and about fifteen years ago, I actually became very frustrated because I saw people coming in and they would get injured or just have arthritis, chronic pain, and we would sort of patch them a little bit and nothing ever really got better and then something else would get hurt. And it really was just this, this downhill process. I mean, from square one, I mean, I tore my first anterior cruciate ligament in my knee at the age of 18 and subsequently, you know, had, had tore three, three more times tore between the two knees, had four more surgeries, and, and then it was just a downhill decline. And so it started looking... At, is there a way to stop this? Because you don't learn it in medical school and you don't learn it in orthopedic medicine. And, and I, when I started looking and, and this was a, a very early time in the whole functional medicine space, it didn't, you know, it was really early. There wasn't a lot. And so I went back to American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, which was really the only thing available at that time. And, and did a fellowship in functional medicine and regenerative medicine and tried to incorporate that into my orthopedic practice as much as I could, but wow. it's difficult in 10 and 15 minute appointments to do that. So we realized that you can't really do good medicine in, in that model. And so we opened Boulder Longevity Institute about 15 years ago now. And I really sidelined did both practices because what I found is that, you know, the, the people are still looking for that insurance-based practice. And I tried as much as I could to educate them there. And then some of them would transition over to here. And, and over time, over 15 years, Boulder Longevity Institute has really grown and developed. And subsequently, it's now my full-time practice, but wow. we do a lot of orthopedic regenerative care here, but targeting taking care of people and getting them healthier in that realm. But much like you, our focus is very much now on education. And we have a whole, what we call Human Optimization Academy. We're mm -hmm. trying to bring the, just like you said, the research to the people. Uh, Peter Diamandis, who runs Abundance 360, a very well-known, you probably know him, mm -hmm. has a great quote where he says, you know, researchers don't do medicine and doctors don't do the research and learn the research and use it on their patients. And so there's a lag of about 15 to 20 years between when something is available to yeah. us that will make us better and it ever getting to us. Exactly. I've you said know? that. I had exactly the same conversation with another doctor, Dr. Barry Fowler, and we were talking about intravenous vitamin C. And I said, why is it taking so long and critical good yeah. care to get this in? And he said, because it's like turning a, a super tanker. He says, it's just so slow. And, and so it's people horrible. are not getting the benefit of the latest research and this is why right. and and for, for an orthopedic surgeon to go down this anti-aging functional medicine route is a very rare thing or at least in my country it would be a very <laughs> rare thing um yeah orthopedics does not cross over this line at all no, um, no. and ultimately it's it's one of the reasons i had to leave my other practices because my partners were very much like stop talking about medicine you know that's not what we do here <laughs> um, and you know and 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 you have to even arthritis is a disease. Yeah. It, it is not that you, you know, you ran too much and wore out your knees. It's that there is a disease process going on in your body that is now making your joints wear out. And so you have to systemically treat it or you're not going to make any progress. Oh man, people so need to hear that because it, it is an inflammatory process. It's coming like exactly. a fair amount immune system. And, and the, I've heard you say a couple of times on some of your lectures, I listened to one on mitochondria. Mm -hmm. And um, mitochondria is sort of the basis of where a lot 
lot of our things are coming from, isn't it? Our diseases, our problems. Everything. Honestly, I think what we're going to find is that every single disease, there's every single disease is going to come down to mitochondrial level. In fact, I was just reading a new research article on autism and mitochondrial dysfunction, that they're actually linking this mitochondrial dysregulation in even autism. I don't think that we're going to find any disease that is not linked first to mitochondrial dysfunction, which is fascinating because mitochondria are fascinating. So it's really my passion is, is yeah. how do we repair mitochondria? Yeah. Um, but that you start looking you can pretty much, you know, you guys go out there and Google mitochondria and any disease you can think of, and you will find research to support it. So, so, and arthritis is, is exactly the same, right? Lisa, you, you're right. It's damage to now the mitochondria and the chondrocytes and, mm-hmm. That damage, you know, you get these damaged chondrocytes, which then are actually spewing these reactive species that are damaging yep. the next cell, the next cell. And simply sticking steroids in that joint is not going to help it. Wow. Yeah, and so fixing, so so we wanted to talk a little bit today, like we talked about uh, foundational health, a few foundational health principles so that we can, and then get on to some of the cooler, uh, more more sexier stuff that I want to talk about, like things like spermidine and uh, peptides and uh, uh, NAD precursors perhaps and uh, all of these sort of really cool things. Um but what are you seeing in your practice? Like you're seeing a lot of people who are becoming aware of their health. They're looking at, everybody knows the basics about nutrition now, I think. You know, like fried food's not good for us. Sugar's not good for us. Uh, the basics. But what are you seeing is, is missing in that foundational side of things? So I think this is the biggest thing I've seen over the past probably year. Uh, and that, and for days I've done more podcasts and I've listened to more podcasts and everybody is, you know, you, now you have all the biohacker groups and you know, the peptide groups. So everybody is doing all this cool thing. So now they're like, oh, I got to go do my hyperbaric and I have to go <laughs> take my, my, you know, uh, growth hormones, peptides. And, and they come into me and I was just telling you about a patient I saw who literally had a worksheet, you know, a spreadsheet of all the things he was doing. And I said, well, <laughs> are you taking testosterone? I mean, he was 56 years old. I said, are you taking testosterone? Said, no. <laughs> you know, and I said, yeah. I said, have you ever looked at your nutrient panel? No. So I, I, what I really want to encourage your listeners is you still, the cool stuff is cool and there's a place for it in all of us, yeah. but you still have got to start at the basic stuff. So when we look at people, we have to go through and we have to uh, fix so we look at all the hormones and, and you just did a great podcast looking yeah. at hormone metabolism, right? Yep. yep. Because people are so scared of hormones mm-hmm. and, you know, they're terrified that, that these hormones are going to do cause cancer. And, and we know that's not true. It's how you metabolize the hormones that's important, which has yes. genetic and environmental influence. Exactly. just gave an incredible podcast with your guest the other day on that. And yeah, Dr. Mansour, he's wonderful. Right. <laughs> and him. you know, from your epigenetic background. That, that the key is how these hormones are processed. So when we look at hormones, we actually do a, a, a urine metabolite test. So we know exactly where those hormones are going and are mm-hmm. they going down bad pathways or good pathways? Yep. So you've got to repair all that first, fix all the pathways, which you do, you know, you know, your SIP genes and all that kind of stuff. Yep. How do you alter it? There's nutrients that you can use to do that. There's tons of things, exercise. So fix all the hormones first, men and women all need hormones. Mm-hmm. I see testosterone neglected in women all the time, yep. right? Yep. They're on estrogen and progesterone. And I'm like, you're not on testosterone? Like, no. And so even within the realm of, of you know, our type oh, of medicine, yeah. I People see are that scared. women are neglected in that realm, right? Yeah. Yep. Testosterone is huge for women. If you want muscle, you need testosterone. And we both you know, got good muscles. That's right. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and, so you know you've got you so you testosterone. Have testosterone on board, and it has to be not all turning into estrogen. Yes. Or it's not doing so all of that has to be false. So you've got to fix that. And then you know there's so much information in these really simple lab studies that you've gotten from your primary care doctor. So a complete blood count, a CBC, yep, and a CMP. Everybody has them. And everybody's doctor looks at it and goes, yep, looks good. There's no reds in there. Everything's perfect. You know, you can actually take that. And uh, Dr. Levine, anti-aging expert, did a whole algorithm that just taking some of this blood work gave you very comparable estimation of longevity as doing telomere length or doing methylation age. So we have all these expensive tests to look at DNA methylation and telomere length to look at age 
And you could come up very close to the same number simply by feeding some of these parameters, like like your albumin level and your mean cell volume into a calculator that would would wow is that available publicly that that calculator so i'm not sure how publicly available it is you know we actually have access and we utilize that in our patients to follow it um so but it's 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 great because you know these other tests are expensive and if i want Mm. to you know put you on a a protocol and then see if i'm making headway how do i follow that yeah so so like, I don't think people know that, for instance, what is one of the most valuable numbers on your CBC is actually the size of your cells. It's yep. the mean cell volume MCH, MCH, and the red yeah, cell distribution MCH, yeah. width. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. I've just studied red cell distribution width. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? <laughs> was completely Nobody unaware. Even, <laughs> has, and have any of your listeners, have, have the doctor ever mentioned what their MCV is? No. No. Or their RDW is. And those yeah. are very, very important. So is albumin. Mm-hmm. So albumin alone, which is not just dietary, there's a great study that you could predict who is going to get out of the hospital alive based on their albumin levels. And so simply looking at things like that. So if your albumin levels are low, maybe it's because you're not eating enough protein, but that doesn't tend to be, tends to be there's not something else wrong. Case. Yeah. So liver not doing something, yep, exactly. producing it. Exactly. Yep. And sometimes that's a need for more beta carotene. Sometimes it's a need for more copper. Copper has to help carry the albumin. And copper deficiencies are, are super low. Nobody measures copper. Wow. Right? So you can look at a low albumin and try putting somebody on a little copper. You know, it's wow. why GHK copper is a peptide. You want to get into the fancy stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've GHK copper is a peptide. It's an yep. amazing yep. peptide. It's very longevity promoting because copper is super vital to our health. And so sometimes just putting people on two milligrams of copper can can markedly improve their health. But isn't so, there with copper also a toxicity um, problem? Isn't that quite a lot of people have high copper levels and, you know? Less than you think. So it's gotten a lot of market to that, yeah, right? Yeah, It has to be that zinc-copper balance has to be in uh-huh. balance. So that's one of the things. But actually, copper toxicity is pretty easy to sell, to tell. When people become cop- toxic on copper, you'll see the, the loon of their fingernails will start turning a little discolored, uh-huh. um, a little bluish in color. Um, so it is a little harder to get toxic in copper than people think. Uh-huh. I use it a lot for wound healing in my patients. So, you know, it really helps with wound healing. You know, it's, it's why it's in all the skin, the expensive skin creams, copper peptides are because it's so good for collagen function. It's so good for wounds. Wow. So I That's think that we, to we've scared people a little bit from yeah. copper. Yeah. But it actually has some value. And a lot of times it's not so much that you have too much copper it's you don't have enough zinc and the balance is not there. Mm. There has to be balance between zinc and copper. Mm-hmm. So those are simple things that you can actually look at and measure. And you can, you know, I don't have to do it on everybody. So I see somebody who has a low albumin. I might say, hmm, we better look at your zinc and copper level. So, so we take the CBC and CMP. And how about you know, simply creatinine? If your creatinine is above 0.8, that is not a good for longevity. Wow. So, you know, why is that? Well, maybe you're eating way too much protein. Right, we've all, everybody's eating high protein diets. I see yeah. these carnivore diets, super high protein. The kidneys can only process so much protein, and your kidneys, depending on your genetics, maybe less. So that, so that's all things I think you have to go back when you talk about foundational health. I spend literally thirty minutes going through a CBC and a CMP with people. Wow, because those are so valuable, and those are twelve dollar tests. Yeah not these big, fancy, expensive tests. They don't cost $500 or $600. And by the end of that test, I can give them, this is what your biologic age, your phenol age, this is where we really need to target. And start with them some very basic, inexpensive things. Crikey, Dix, that's amazing. I didn't know we could get to that. I mean, I've uh, only been studying blood chemistry for uh, a couple of months and like it's a big topic, isn't it? (laughs) It's a lot to learn. If you you try to listen. Yeah. has some really cool value to it that you can actually, you know, look at yeah. um, and, and some, you know, some, some ranges that, you know, we all, we've all gone from the normal range, right? We, all your listeners now know there's a normal range and there's optimal and the range. functional but within yeah. that optimal range, right? There's, there's one there's number also. above that you'll, you'll start to see a change in aging. Um, wow. You know, the curve, you look at albumin levels and you look at the curve on your pro- projected longevity, if your albumin levels are less than 4.6, your, your projected longevity is five to 10 years less than somebody who's above 4.6. Crikey. So, you know, no one's ever told me any of these things. And I've been yeah. studying blood chemistry. So like, it, and, and, and from functional doctors, you know, like, um, but that's, I, that's all news to me, you know? Yeah. I think that that's the problem. I think even the functional medicine space sort of went, 
went you know went beyond the, the the step of looking at some very very basic things that are inherent to life and now start focusing oh let's look at hormones right let's look at let's look at the gut microbiome mm-hmm. all super important but yep. all going to be messed up if the other stuff's messed if up the, right? if your, blood, your basic bloods are not in the right place right. wow and so I, I i that's where i get a little frustrated so now, now we're targeting back to that whole cellular health it all comes back down to the cell fix the cell as the cell gets fixed, the mitochondria get fixed, everything else follows. So once you've, you've, you've refined that, now we can look at gut microbiome if the person's not doing well. We can look at things like um, micronutrient profiles. And I love micronutrient profiles because I don't know if, you know how, much, how much vitamin D you need or how much yeah. vitamin B12 you need. Micronutrient profiles, particularly one that gives me intracellular and serum levels, you know, as you know, genetics plays a huge role in your micronutrients. Yep. yep. And, so, vitamin and, and, D, for example. I mean, I know I have D. bad vitamin D genetics, so yeah. I need to supplement with vitamin D. You know, right? And B twelve. You know, you've got the SUV people of B twelve. I'm one of those yep. people. I need a lot of B twelve. Yep. And that's all very genetically based. So you can predict it from genetics, mm-hmm. but then are you accomplishing your goal? I think you need some. You some need to actually do the measurements. Yeah, and this is where the right. combination of what I'm, you know, like the the yeah, combination do. of doing your genes and and um, finding out your innate pathways and what they do, and then seeing actually where yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, getting that snapshot of okay, where are we actually in our hormones and and stuff, and it's quite complicated, you know. I'll be fair, <laughs> and this is the problem: is that you go to your local doctor, at least here where I live, and none of this is offered, and none of this is, and so you're left as a layperson trying to work this stuff out yourself, and that's exactly. quite quite right. Quite, Frustrating and quite it's, difficult. It's, it's hard, and it gets caught up again in the glitz and glamour. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be attracted to my podcast that's talking all about you know uh, about the coolest newest thing. It's just our nature yep. is to go up to the coolest newest thing, and we just talked about that. We want that cool new thing because that that is you know on the on the forefront, and we use all those cool new things to help fix the basics. But you've still got to know where you are in that standing, and and, right. and so I, that's really now become, I think, one of my frustrations as I'm seeing more and more people walk in my door who are doing everything you can think of. educated in this. Yeah. And so we are trying to, you know, to to teach people this. We're trying to teach people, how do you interpret your own blood work? How do you look at every one of those parameters and say, what should my albumin be? Okay, it's too high, it's too low. What can I do to fix that? Whereas if my MCV is, you know, mean cell volume, if your mean cell volume and you look at your own, you, you, as we age, if I look at my 19-year-old son, he has a mean cell volume of 83. If I look at your average person who's in their 50s and 60s, who's our age, it's going to be 97, 98. Wow. So the higher that number goes, the more your stem cells are wearing out, the more your bone marrow is wearing out, the more that you're, you're not, you're, whatever you're doing isn't working. Wow. So we can use those things. Like you can do, use your infrared. You can do all those great things. I mean, I infrared, I cryo, I do all that. <laughs> but I will tell you it's some very basic stuff that sometimes has been the things that made changes in those numbers. Wow. So I really want people to, you know, that's then that honestly is why we decided you're never going to train doctors. You've got to train people, but we've also got to get people back to understanding that you've got to sort of learn these things in kind of a, a fashion of, Okay, learn this, learn this, learn this. And when, you know, when I'm understand everything about how hyperbaric oxygen improves my cell function, have I really learned how to just look at the the cell at at that molecular level from looking at basic labs? And that's what we're trying to teach people. Start there and then we give them tools. Fantastic. So so people can join um, Dr. Youth and, and and get us some of this education. And I've started delving into it and I can't wait to 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 see what else comes online because I mean this sort of stuff I'm like already going, oh my God, I didn't know that. Um, so I've learned something today already as well. And I'm very de- definitely guilty of going after the shiny object. And yeah. <laughs> you know, all, I love it's human love nature, it. right? That's human nature. <laughs> yeah. And um, but so so people can go to the Boulder Longevity website and I'll put the links in, in the show notes and there is the Human Optimization Academy. Join up for that. And it's actually free at the moment, isn't it, Dr. Yeah, right. So, yeah, right now it's free and we'll start putting together, you know, we, so we had right before COVID hit, we actually had an in-person course where we were actually going to teach how to look at your own CBC and CMP and wow. then COVID hit and it all sort of fell apart. But oh. but we'll be we'll be putting that back into sort of a virtual course with people so you can actually get your bloods run so and we'll yeah. walk you through. So here's how to interpret every one of those little numbers you see on there. Because I will tell you, every one of those little numbers 
is important. And then and, and the way, you know, everybody just looks at it as a piece of paper and there's no red marks, highs or lows, they sort of discard it. And we'll show you how to look at that and, and give huge value. And, wow. and just from those simple things, you can now say, mm, maybe I better get a micronutrient panel or at least test a copper or a zinc or, you know, a, a B12 or a D based on some of those numbers that you see being off. Uh, and, and, and then, and then take the tool, you know, now fix the basics. Hmm, that's not working. Okay. Now maybe I need to add this, this, this. Yeah. And now, now we can get a bit fancy. Well, sign me up for that course I'm in because <laughs> I need that. Um, you know, I, I, and I'm already up on some of it, but I wasn't up on, on some of the things you've just said. So like, that's just like, wow. Um, Okay, so we, 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 we're looking at foundational stuff. Now, let's go and look at cellular health, per se, because it all comes down to the cell. The more I look into things, the more everything seems to be about mitochondria and the cell <laughs> and what they're doing. And, and I mean, we're made up of, what, 10 trillion cells or something ridiculous. Um, so cellular health, can you uh, give us a bit of an overview on, well, that's a big topic, isn't it? But where should we start? Yeah, well, I'm going to start with first kind of explaining what that means. So, you know, functional medicines, we went from a disease-focused medicine, right? And then we all got very savvy. Well, not the doctors, but most, you know, but but the rest of the world got very savvy and said, oh, this isn't working. You know, it's it's making somebody money, but yeah. it's not working to make anybody exactly. healthy. Yes. So we went to a functional medicine approach. Let's look at organ systems and let's start. So then we went to the organ system. Let's look at the adrenal glands and let's look at the liver and this, you know, and let's the fix the organ system that's yeah. dysfunctional. You know, we got to fix the thyroid and we got to fix the endocrine organs and we have to do all that. And, and then now, and this is really super recent, we're realizing that hmm, every organ system comes back to a cellular dysfunction. And there's not really anybody who has one disease that is not have something else wrong. It's just impacted lots of times in different ways. Yep. So if I have osteoarthritis, so if you have osteoarthritis, your risk of dementia is about fivefold higher. So wow. why is that, right? Uh-huh. So osteoarthritis. You're because I ran 800 miles a day, you know, um, but that's not the case. Mm-hmm. I have patients who, you know, who run 800 miles and they're fine. And well, then, I'm and fine. Like my joints are fine. I haven't got any osteo. So right. that's... And then you have people who, who are like, oh yeah, I just wore myself out because I ran too much. No, no, not the case. So there's something wrong. So now we have to go back and look at what is wrong in the cell. So if you think about what power, you know, what is the cell all about? It is the mitochondria. The mitochondria, what gives the cell energy, Right. And so as we start getting damaged to our mitochondria with time and life and environment and genetics, and we start getting damage at the mitochondrial levels, so the, the mitochondria now have these damaged mitochondria, and now we start getting these cells that are in this altered state of energy. And that's where you start getting that senescent cell. Yeah. Right? These cells that are basically sitting there with these, they're, they're not zombies. doing any good. And they're zombie cells, right? And they're producing <laughs> these reactive oxygen species. And that's why they're called zombie cells. It's because the things that are being spewed out are now toxic to the cells around them and then toxic to those cells. And so it truly is like a zombie takeover. So that's where we look at, at when we're going back to a cell level. First thing we have to do to try and heal any disease is clean out the bad cells, clean out the zombie cells. Yep. That's why... Fasting has been utilized for years in every disease process because we know that fasting causes autophagy, mm-hmm. causes bad cells to go away, and now we can rebuild. I think one of the, the mistakes people make is that if I start throwing a lot of rebuilding things into my network, tons of NAD, and, and um, I'm trying to, you know, to to always be in this, this state where I've got a lot of antioxidants going, I'm throwing a lot of, of NAD in, well, then I'm actually contributing to that cell senescent state. I've got to if get rid of bad stuff. fearing first. So, yeah. Right. So clear out the bad stuff and do that periodically. We yep. were using, you know, and we use things like rapamycin. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you, you know, there's, there's a lot, you can use it fasting. You can, um, and, and most recently what my go-to has been the spermidine and yes. you heard that, that talk. And I, I fell in love with spermidine a few years ago, actually, and couldn't get it here in the U S yeah. um, that basically it, it came onto my radar because there, it, it worked at a very sort of primal level. Every single organism has spermidine a- anything that every organism has is vital to life. And so we know that, and, and then 
all these studies that show that, well, if you have higher levels of sperm, you live longer. So, so yeah, I mean, and I want to do a deep dive. research time. in 2019, yeah. and it was only really available in, I don't know if you guys could get it, but it was really only available in Europe. I just got my first order on its way, but I had to vo- get it via uh, Colorado, and I've actually been in contact with the guys in Austria. <laughs> <laughs> so working yeah. on that one, I'm getting that down here. But um, Yeah, so we, we couldn't get it, and, and yeah. finally... You know, like six months or so ago, we finally could get it here yeah. in the U.S. Sorry. And it works at, It works as an autophagy-inducing agent. It basically tells the, the cells to get rid of the bad stuff. It helps to restore the good parts of the cell. And really, you know, it, it, at a baseline level, is probably the one supplement that I know of, and the, probably the only one I know of, that is going to be actually balancing cell health continuously. So it's homeostasis as opposed the to... homeostatic state, right. So so like just to backtrack a little bit there, because we covered a heck of a lot of ground in a very short uh, time there. So fasting, I mean, we've all, uh, we've heard like fasting and intermittent fasting and longer fasts are, are very, very good for us. And all of, well, a lot of us don't want to do it because it's not very nice to have to starve right, yourself. Right. I do intermittent fasting, but I you know, must admit I don't enjoy it. And yeah, it I, I certainly, um, when it comes to doing longer fasts, I'm, I struggle. You know, like I'm, uh, so I'm always like, well, uh, fasting mimetics. How can I get some fasting mimetics going? Because like you say, if I'm going to put in the antioxidants, the NAD precursors, which I do as well, which are a very important piece of the puzzle, but just just that is 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 not enough. So um, this is like we've looked at in the past, like resveratrol as being a, a possible fasting Absolutely. mimetic, um, and it wouldn't it be great if spermidine turns out and it looks like it is going to be another fasting mimetic that's actually even more powerful. Um, so yeah, I know you do a lot of fasting. You're very disciplined, unlike myself. <laughs> Um, no extra weight I still have extra weight so fasting is easier for oh me. yeah no you haven't <laughs> and, it, and I um, but yes it, it, it is a difficult thing to do so intermittent fasting is probably like for me is the easiest uh, right. go-to because I can sort of cope or, or, for it yeah. for, time restricted yeah. eating really yeah. yeah you know more doing a 16-8 kind of thing yes as opposed to the longer like fast yeah, and, and there's a lot of questions we don't really know. Do you need to long fast? We actually don't know the answer to that. You know, there's a lot of people who say, "Oh, you've got to be, you know, hit the 48 to 72 hours to really get the full autophagy phase." Mm, there's not a lot of data that actually really says that. You mm-hmm. may still be able to get the same benefits from doing time restricted eating. Yeah. Um, so we don't and know the answer to all these questions. Yeah. But so what we what we're targeting with fasting is autophagy. So autophagy, just to define what autophagy is, is the uh, getting rid of the bad stuff, basically the bad proteins that are damaged, the 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 mitochondria or mitophagy in that case, um, and, and recycling the parts that we can reuse and then getting rid of it. So the body does the body sort of look at it when you're fasting and you haven't got anything coming in, going, "Oop, I got no fuel supply. I better start recycling the old stuff." And, yeah, exactly. And, yeah, yeah, autophagy is self-eating. And so basically yeah. the cell basically says, oh, I need to preserve. I'm going to take the good things from this cell, um, get rid of the bad stuff I don't need. It's a waste of energy, getting rid of the cells or getting rid of cells that shouldn't be utilizing my energy. So, and then really by going into a ketotic state and and that's you know, not utilizing glucose has a huge benefit there. So, so ketosis and autophagy, are they hand in hand? Are they part of the same thing? Uh, can you have autophagy without being in ketosis or are they very much married together? No, you can actually have autophagy without being in, in ketosis. Um, and you can you can basically be in ketosis and not necessarily have autophagy. So you know, that's all kind of depends on the, cell, the state the cell's in. You know, one of the problems with you know, resveratrol is a fasting mimetic that you mentioned taking resveratrol continuously. Is, resveratrol is also a very potent antioxidant. And remember, one of the benefits of, of fasting is oxidative stress. Mm-hmm. So I want oxidative stress while I'm fasting. And if I'm taking resveratrol, for instance, while I'm fasting, I'm actually not getting as much of the oxidative stress. So it's working at a little different level. That's why I, I like spermidine a little bit better is it doesn't have that same effect to sort of negate the oxidative stress. Um, and that's so a hard one for people to get their heads around, eh? Because, I mean, I've I been know. struggling with this one, like the antioxidant sort of paradox, like, you know, it's, um, it, it's think, a, yeah, sorry, think, you carry on. I think the key to remember 
is you really don't want to be doing any protocol continuously. You know, I was just talking to a, a, a guy and he said, you know, what do you do to look like you do? Because I have a yeah. lot of muscle. I, mm. I said, I don't do anything continuously. There's nothing, so my workouts cool. are nothing continuously. My food, my eating is never continuously. My supplements are never continuously. And I think that's a problem is people get in these patterns where they are taking, you know, all these antioxidants continuously. I always am going through build up breakdown phases. Right. And, and so there's only a few supplements that I will continuously take. One is I will, I will take spermidine at a baseline level. But if I'm doing a sort of a fast autophagy phase where I really want to do a big, you know, Clean up. Die off of everything. Yeah. I will actually do very high dose spermidine, much higher dose than just a milligram. So that's uh, because a day. Spermidine works at a level lower, if you like, at the base level. Yeah. So when when we're talking about antioxidants, what their job is in the cell is to basically scavenge and and donate electrons to uh, where you've got oxidative stress and reactive oxygen species, and to get rid of it there. But we're actually going a step back and actually stopping the re- reactive oxygen species or oxidative stress from happening in the Absolutely. first place. And this is why spermidine at that base level seems to be one that you. You can take continuously, um, and it even builds up to some degree, perhaps yep. in the body, or upregulate some of the, you know, bacteria in the in the microbiome. Um, whereas antioxidants, we want to sort of cycle in and out. It's, it's like exercise, isn't it? Like when I go to the gym. I'm not going to have my vitamin C right next to when I go to the yep, gym yep. because that's going to mitigate that that cascade of effects that's that vitamin C has. Yeah, um, so yeah. I'm I'm doing things, you know, I'm taking my vitamin C away from that, or and so there's n- none none of this is good or bad. It's cycling, and I think like right. the more I I've looked into things, the body likes this push and pull. Yes. And, it likes hermetic stress. It likes to be cold. It likes to be hot. It likes to be yeah. well, yeah. it's not pleasant, but it, it likes to be fasted. It likes to have a, a good amount of food. It, it's this whole because that's how we've evolved, isn't it? We didn't evolve. Right. That's, the way, this, that's the way life war it was. Yeah, yeah. We didn't come from this neutral environment where the temperature's the same all the time, and we're sitting on comfy couches and we're we're not exercising and we're we're not cold and we're not hungry and we're not hot and we're not not anything and we've got an abundance of everything and and therefore you know if we look at our evolution and how we've come about that sort of a push and pull seems to go right through nature you know yeah you're exactly right remember there's that balance between mTOR and AMPK right yeah yeah build up AMPK is is breakdown and we know that that when we block mTOR our lives are longer but we also don't build as much muscle and we don't have as much energy and yeah what you do is go through phases, build up mTOR, build up AMPK, build up and do that balance so that you keep things in a very homeostatic state. And you said exactly right. That's, there's great benefits to being hot. Um, you know, you've all the, how great, how great being cold is and doing our cold showers and our cryo and everything. Mm-hmm. But there's a study that came out recently. I think I, I, I quoted in some podcasts I was in recently that showed that in hotter environments, bone density is much better. So yes, why is I, that? There's I some, heard that. Know, yeah, there's yeah. some effect from the warmth on our body too. So you're exactly right. We want to go back and forth between different things and, and, and we want to make sure we're cycling. Any of you who are staying on the same patterns all the time, that's not serving you. It's not, you know, um, it, your, your body needs to have this back and forth balance. And, and, and you're right. That is, whenever you give the quote of, well, you know, that's how cavemen live. You're like, well, but cavemen died at, you know, 18 or whatever. Yeah, True. but it's still how our evolution <laughs> occurred, yeah. right? It's yeah. still what, what, got us to survive and you know and it really is how our our world is designed and it's how our cells are designed so so i think that that you know the 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 use of 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 thinking about your body as okay i'm going to go through a fasted autophagy phase and then i'm going to build up and i'm going to you know from phase i'm going to build my muscles and i'm going to you know um you can build muscle while you're in a fasted state but it's not nearly as easy as it is when you're eating a lot of food yeah (laughs) yeah and, 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 but we, you know, we're wanting to keep everything in balance so that it doesn't get just mTOR because, you know, if we're in a state of like activated mTOR all the time, then we are growing, but we're also right. possibly growing things like cancer cells and things like that. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, and we know that mTOR activation all the time is, you know, closer to death. Yeah. Um, 
But isn't it weird? Like, there's no, there's nothing simple about biology. It really is. It actually, honestly, it makes it makes it makes very little sense to me, right? The things that you know, the mTOR, that's you know, everything that's muscle building, super high IGF all the time. Anything's muscle building, you would think would be kind of pro longevity, right, and healthy, and yet it's not. And the only way I can really, in my mind, reason that out is that if if the zombie apocalypse hits you're better designed to be able to survive without any food and without any, you know, nothing, just huddled away in your little house, right? And so maybe the evolution of our body, that's for a longevity, the genes that have kind of stayed there are the ones that that really make us survive through famine, right? Yep, yep. Uh, and, and yet that's probably not where we all want to be. We don't want to be huddled in our little, you know, in, in the back of our houses, not moving. And so... Yes, if you look at, you know, Walter Longo and, yeah. and his research on really low IGF people live longer, they don't have cancer. Yeah, but they they actually don't necessarily feel great. And they don't necessarily, I see low IGF people all the time who are fatigued, who, you know, who don't have good energy, who can't build muscle, who you know, don't exercise. So I, I, I think that there's the... The, the thing here is build your IGF, bring it back down, build it up, bring it back down. So oh, I think that brilliant. that's where we really need to look at things is this kind of waxing and waning of everything we do. And, and you know, in, um, in our cellular medicine fellowship program, it's one of the things we really, really focused on is that's what the cell needs is a push and pull to it to really help it become a healthier entity. And I think if we start doing that, we're going to start seeing that that's really where we're going to see that big focus to, to, health and longevity occur it's not going to yeah. be everybody eat this diet it's going to no be- no and, and, and this is a, like even as a as a you know coach of athletes and stuff like uh-huh. and and i did this in my athletic career where i didn't know all this stuff um i ran long because that's what i did it was ultra marathon running and that's all i did i didn't train at the gym i right. didn't do and i was not fit and i was not healthy right. i could run long because I, yep. yeah, I've trained that specific <laughs> thing, but I wasn't healthy. I was overweight. I was hormonally imbalanced. I had, uh, th- I ended up with hyperthyroid. Uh, you know, I could have sat on the couch and ate chips all day and probably come out better than I did <laughs> because I'd yeah. been doing one thing and one thing that was actually not suited to my genetics either ideally. Um, and, and so understanding all of this, it's not as simple as, you know, well, I'll go and, you know, do the same old thing, same old, and then we'll be good. Um, I want to sort of flip now and go a bit of a deep dive into spermidine because I think spermidine is the one thing um, that, you know, like they, this is going right down to the base level of of before. So, like, because we want anti aging. I mean, we, we we compared ages before this uh, podcast, and I I mean, I, I won't share your age, but I was shocked. <laughs> you look amazing, uh, and I'm like, I want a piece of that. Um, <laughs> what is it that you're doing? You know, um, so spermidine is a part of your. That is one of the things that you do take on a you know, pretty much a daily basis. Can yeah, you like, like dive into the research? There's 10 years behind this spermidine and it's only just becoming available. Guys in New Zealand, it's not here yet. I'm working on it. Give me time. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm working on it. So, you know, what we know is, as, as we talked about, is spermidine is on in every single living organism. So we, we know it's critical to life. It's what's called a polyamine. Mm-hmm. There's really three polyamines. There's spermidine, spermine, and putrescine. Um, and they, they all have some value. Putrescine is what's in rotting meat. You're probably not going to go eat rotting mm-hmm. meat, but there's actually some value to putrescine in our bodies too. Spermidine appears to have – so spermidine is, con, is converted typically into, into spermidine. Mm-hmm. Um, spermidine is, is innately in our gut, so it's made by our gut bacteria. But it's also in some foods. It's in – um, some a lot of fermented like, foods. It's yeah. in wheat germ extracts. It's in some yep. peas and mushrooms. Um, it's in some algae. Some, so, so, but probably the richest source of it is a specific type of wheat germ extract. It's apparently very difficult to extract. It's only a certain type of wheat germ that has it. It's difficult to extract a pure form of it. Um, and so the there there is companies that make it from algae as well. But you have to take. We actually before we could get spermidine from spermidine life yep. which is from a wheat germ extract we actually bought an algae extract one you uh-huh. literally had to take 40 of these little green pills i mean your hands were wow. green your lips were green your teeth were green all the time 40 of them i mean i did that because i wanted it but until yeah. sper- once we got spermidine 
It's permanent. I get the question all the time about, well, it's, you know, wheat germ extract. Uh, interestingly, I have frank celiac patients on spermidine. And, and um, even though it's not advised for celiac patients, it, it, it probably actually is perfectly safe because it's actually working on one of the pathways that's what makes the gluten. Yeah, the, exactly. It's unsafe for those patients. So it's probably, even if you're, I'm, I'm very gluten sensitive. I don't do gluten. I have no problems with spermidine. So it tends to be pretty well tolerated in those people. Yeah. But, I've got a brother who's celiac, so I'm interested. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. I have two celiac patients on it who have done fine. And again, the bottle says not to take it if you're, you know, if, if you're celiac. But I think cautiously, it, it, there is some research that supports it actually may be useful in treating some of the celiac patients. Um, so basically, the, the studies now, have, there's so many studies on it, you know, in, in terms of preventing almost every disease in the book. And that's where you and I came back to that whole, is mitochondria the answer to everything? Because we, we've seen spermidine, you can Google spermidine, I, I do this, I mean, sp- Google spermidine and Alzheimer, Google spermidine and cancer, too many. there's not a disease that we don't have a study on yet now that, that has some, where you can find some connection to higher levels wow. of spermidine being better. Um, it's major. Some of the major research has been on cardiovascular, and and its benefits in cardiovascular disease. It's it's one of the things we've been using when we see high inflammatory cardiovascular markers in our patients. Mm-hmm. When we we measure what's called myeloperoxidase, which is an inflammatory cardiovascular marker, it's interesting. We've seen it very high in our, a lot of our post COVID patients. Oh. So in patients who have had COVID and recovered. You know, coming in for labs, we're seeing very high levels of myeloperoxidase. So we think that's probably from some of the vascular damage mm-hmm. that COVID seems to create in some people with certain genetics. And that's very hard to bring it back down. And spermidine has been one of the things that's been really helpful there for us. So um, it's also any of your patients who have high LP little A's. Yes. So lipoprotein little A, you'll know, is a, is basically a genetic. Yep. And there's not much you can do, not much you can do about it. You can use high-dose niacin, but it's hard to take. Yeah. Um, tends to be relatively liver toxic. Spermidine actually has some, some research to support it in lowering LP little a, and we've seen that in our practice. It's one wow. of the things that we lower LP little a. So the other place that's been really studied is in immune system support. So we've seen um, improvement in lymphocytes. So one of the, the other labs oh. that you want to look at when you're looking at that CBC is look at yeah. your neutrophil lymphocyte ratio. Yes, I've just, like, I've, I've got a, problem um with my brother at the moment lymphocytes uh neutrophils down uh um neutrophils um no sorry yeah neutrophils down lymphocytes high um that's a little uncommon um that you that might indicate some some kind of viral illness going on typically what happens as we age is we start to see the lymphocyte number go down and the neutrophil number go up so that ratio which should be around 1.3 to 1 1 to 1 1.3 to 1 starts climbing if you look at the typical person our age is you know three to one and so we it's Mm. hard to get how do you get back lymphocyte function you you don't have thymus glands anymore yeah and we, so the two things that we've been able to utilize to really restore lymphocyte function in our patients who, who are, have aging immune systems is spermidine. Wow. Um, and then the other one is, is a peptide, thymosin alpha one, which is a thymic peptide. Wow. What, okay. what, you know, what our thymus gland does is it takes those two lymphocytes, it tells them what to do. And, and once your, you, your best immune function is at puberty. After yep. that, your thymus gland starts getting Thymus-tose. small. Mm. Yep. And by the time you're you know, 60, you don't really have much thymus gland. And so your immune system starts going a little haywire. It doesn't know what to do. And so what we can do, because we, you know, the really crazy people are trying to transplant thym- thymus glands or <laughs> sweetbreads, which doesn't work. Um, they do it in France. Maybe they taste good, but I don't think it replaces your thymic function. But <laughs> you can give thymic peptides. So two of the things, you know, that, that the thymus gland really makes is thymus and alpha-1 and thymus and beta-4. And thymus uh-huh. and alpha-1 is a very immune-modulating peptide. And it really helps to restore normal immune function. So the combination of spermidine and thymus and alpha-1 in your people who have immune dysregulation, um, autoimmune diseases, you can start normalizing that immune function so that they, instead of attacking self, they start attacking viruses. Wow. And autoimmune is just like it's huge, such a huge problem. I mean, like, you know, it's just the epidemic levels now. It is epidemic. So, so this would help with, with, with that. Oh, my God. Okay. So that's another reason to take spermidine. Um, and the it's peptides, I mean, the peptides yeah, are harder peptides. to get hold of. Like, uh, yeah, you know, peptides are harder to get hold of. Um, in, I can't in, get them. Your, your people who are in, um, like Europe, thymus and alpha-1 is actually a drug. It's called Zydaxin, 
we can't get it here as a drug. We have to have it made as a peptide, but it actually is a drug. They use it in their chemotherapy patients in Europe uh, and Asia. And so oddly, you know, it's, it's available as a approved drug, probably pricey. <laughs> yeah. Um, as most of these drugs are for some unknown reason. Yeah. Spermidine, it, some of its early studies and where it actually sort of panned out as, as you know, people went after it initially was actually hair growth. And again, if you think about um, think about the tissues we're talking about, like cardiac hair. Those are all those are all fast-growing uh, tissues, and that's where spermidine sort of had its nice effect in sort of that whole regeneration process. And so, even in guys with thinning hair, spermidine has huge benefits. Just taking on uh, like a milligram a day dose wow. will start to see thickening of hair. I noticed when I first started, my nails grew really fast. I mean, you know, super fast. And so, even in those basic things like hair growth, nail growth, spermidine has some really marked effects. So, you know, Fantastic. it's and, and the research. To keep this <laughs> yeah, it is amazing. I mean, it's it's uh, honestly. Um, it, I, I feel a little, whenever I see my patients now and I see something wrong, I'm like, well, spermidine. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. But if you've got a, and this is <laughs> the problem with spermidine, because it's such a wide panacea and it works right. at the base level of the yeah. aging, you know, pathologies and things. It's too that, good to be true. It's too good to be true, but yeah. actually, no, it makes sense. And so, it but it, you, that's easy, like, that's fantastic if we find something that is, that is, uh, 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 you know, a panacea for 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 many many things. Um, it'll be a, yeah. And I've, so I've got my first shipment coming from the states, and I'm super excited. <laughs> yeah, no, I you know, I, one of the one of the hard things in what we do, right, is you know it takes people a while to feel better. Yeah, it's just starting from a low level, right? Yeah. Or if, or if you're like us and you're at a high level, you know, then making this little extra, you're like, Meh. And so, you know, one of the things I tell people to monitor, because one of the things I noticed was when I started spermidine was a, was a pretty, I, I, you know, I don't sleep enough. I study too much. I, yeah. But, you know, I use my aura ring and I, and I monitor my HRV. And so I know a lot of your listeners have the aura ring and, um, and HRV is, is, is very fluctuating. I monitor Yep. Yeah. And so it's one of those things that's very easy to see a change. Mm. So if I do something like start taking spermidine, I can say uh, now, and you, and you know, you can look at the trend wow. on your aura ring and you can say, wow. you can take, start at spermidine here. And I had about a 15 point jump in my HRV, which I won't tell you Holy what it is. Heck. But just when I, when it's just from starting spermidine. So I know it's doing something at a very base level because HRV is predictive of almost every disease state. So low HRV, yeah. we know you have a higher incidence of Alzheimer's. We know you have a higher incidence of cancer. So I know if I'm affecting my HRV, I'm positively affecting my health. Wow. So something really simple that you can do, say, okay, I started this here and then look back in two weeks, go to your little trends thing yep. and see, wow, look, my trend is going this direction. Wow, I can't wait to see that because yeah, I mean, I haven't been able to remove the needle on my HRV really. Yeah, me, me neither. Um, and, and it's and and mine's not good. And you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine isn't. <laughs> mine isn't great either. <laughs> we're worn ourselves out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you know, the downside of sometimes what we do is we're we're reading all the time and studying all the time and trying to do too much and brain you know, doesn't and turn off. And that's <laughs> not so good for adrenaline driven. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it is. It is really uh, honestly one of the first things I did that really made a dramatic change. In wow. That. I will let you know how I go. Yeah, let me as know. As soon as mine comes, whether my HIV is now treating. I will say with- sometimes you need a higher dose, which yep. gets pricey. Which um, gets pricey. And this is the problem with everything. It's the same with the uh, NAD precursors and the yeah, you yeah. know all the stuff that's fantastic. It does cost and that's money. But you know what? I, I and you know I don't have money to burn. Um, but I I would rather p- go without a fancy car, go without fancy clothes, go without cosmetics, go without all that to have supplements that work yeah. or to have biohacking technologies that work because that's my priority is my health because what good does it do me if I have a fancy car, but I'm sick? I know. And it, yeah. it is funny. I was giving this lecture and, you know, this woman came and she asked how, how much this program we do costs. Yeah. And I said, and she goes, oh, well, maybe when I pay off my Lexus, I'll be able to do that. And I'm like, sell the damn Lexus. <laughs> really willing to spend a lot of money, a thousand dollars on an iPhone and, you know, and monthly priorities car and, 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 we just still have to keep putting this focus on your priority absolutely has to be this, your health, yep. uh, you know, and, and it's, I, I mean, it's so hard to convince people of that. It is. I, and, and I'm constantly shocked at people who expect like, you know, um, they take a supplement and they don't see anything change for right. three days. <laughs> and then they're like, but it didn't work. 
And I'm like, you've got to be kidding. You know, like, right. do you like, you know, your hair is growing, right? But do you see it growing every day? Yeah. No, yeah. but if you keep going and, you know, with, with as my listeners have heard me rabbit on about my story with my mum and bringing her back from a massive aneurysm, the right. reason I have been successful with her is, is not any one particular thing. I mean, yes, hyperbaric, yes, all of these things were a big part of the puzzle, but it was the fact that I kept going when there was no signs of improvement. Yeah. And I keep going every single day for five years and yeah. I still do. And that is the key is that persistence and, and, and that, and that just keep, keep doing it and prioritizing this, even when you see no results. And that's a really hard sell because people want to see how long will it take for this to kick in? You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I think it's one of the hardest thing about our jobs is yeah. saying, listen, it is very hard, but I'm, this is stuff that I, I, you know, I'm looking at, at a future that's 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years down the road. And I exactly. know these things. I know, I know that they do, they've been proven. So to say they're not working for you is, why in every study did they work and oddly they don't work for you? It goes, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's just that if you, if you go back to that cell level, by the time my knee is arthritic, number one, I've already lost 25% of my cartilage. That process started 30 years ago. Now I've got to go and fix the cells at the very base level and then start repairing that cartilage. And it takes time. <laughs> a long time yeah right and, and you didn't wake up one day with wrinkles and gray hair it yeah. happened as a process over time but I know that if I'm doing all these things that I'm that I'm doing in my anti-aging strategies that in 10 years time I'm going to look better feel better than if I don't and that's right. the bottom line or hopefully still be alive and avoid cancers and you know those those are my goals um, but you have to trust the research to some degree right yeah, exactly you know, if something's not, if there's not research, in it, and, and that's hard because you have to weed through a lot of research, right? And you have to say, well, that study's trash, that study's trash. Well, actually, here's a good study that says this, here's a good study, and then put it all together. And I do this. Literally, that's your I, job, I, I, yeah. This is a trash article. I go, here's an article that says this, this, this. And, and it's not until the articles that outweigh the articles that say the, you know, the negatives by a certain amount that I even say, okay, this is a reasonable thing to do. And that's where you're like experimenting, like there is 10 years now, because it's, right. it's, you know, 10 years yeah. of full-on research in, right. in many places uh, and in many different diseases where like now that you, you're willing to say, yeah, this stuff is actually looking really bloody good. Right. And we are learning all the time, like the... The science is changing, and I think this is what frustrates people too, is that, you know, you can go, on, I do this, go on to PubMed, and I do a deep dive, and then you end up like, whoa, uh, yeah, exactly. one contradicts the other one, and, you know, like, it, and, and some of them are poorly designed, and, and that, you know, so that's why we need people like you who can interface that for us and go, hang on, I've, I've distilled down into the most important things, this is what you need to know, guys, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm involved with this group. It's called Seed Scientific Research and Performance. I'm on faculty with it. And it's a group of really, you know, it, we're doing a fellowship program in cellular medicine, but there's 25 mastermind doctors who are kind of the, the group that we've been getting together. And we meet quarterly and 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 we talk about the the stuff. And now you've got these these brains, you have 25 brains of people who are not only reading and utilizing this stuff and you can put it together and you can start weeding out what works, how does it work, wow. who does it work in. And, and that's what it takes. It takes people like that getting together and actually now meshing their minds and using their experience and all their knowledge and all their reading. And, and so this group has been phenomenal for me because yeah. it's taking some forefront leading thinkers, you know, because when you go to the conferences, all you're learning, you know, if you go to my orthopedic conferences, I just learned the same old stuff. So this four group, but actually talking amongst ourselves and, you know, and, and learning. And, and such and, top level people. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could be a fly on the wall of such media. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing, amazing <laughs> stuff. And, you know, and, and, that's where we're going to, that's where we're going to make a change. And then you have to trust that, that we will bring that to you guys, but you got to stay tuned to people like you, Lisa, and, yeah. and the people who are trying to bring this to, to you, because don't, if you rely on medicine to do it and your doctor to tell you it, you're, you're going to be dead before it happens. Exactly. Um, you're going to be, that's exactly. Or you're feel be. horrible or, you know, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I just lost both my parents in the past three oh. months. I lost my mom. Oh. They were in their nineties, but, but my, oh. my dad really, you know, kind of, 
gave up. His arthritis had gotten so bad. He was a guy who at 80 was climbing mountains, but at 90, he couldn't hardly walk because his arthritis was so bad. And you know, none of us want to be that way. No, and this is why we're desperate. Yeah. You've got to do this stuff now. In fact, yeah, you have it, to start ideally in your 20s. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've I missed that boat. Right? But- yeah. <laughs> and and oh, I'm so sorry you lost your parents. I mean, I just lost my dad six months ago. And again, <clears throat> he was a super fit 81-year-old, but he smoked and I could never stop him smoking and uh, yeah. had an aortic aneurysm. And then I was stopped in the hospital from giving him intravenous vitamin C because once again, they are way behind the eight ball in our local hospital and our ICU unit. They'd have no idea of what vitamin C, like they think it's an orange <laughs> shit you take, you know, like, uh, yeah. and, and my dad died as a consequence of that and I am you know I can't say for sure but I believe in my heart that if I had been able to give him the things that I wanted to give him from day one and you know ozone and intravenous vitamin C and all the other stuff that I had up my sleeve um, my dad would be with us still you know and and that just breaks my heart and I I, I, because I like I I know that there's these things available and we can't we can't get it for our people I know it's horrible. And, and and then you've got the doctors. I mean, like with hormones, you, you know, I put patients on hormones, their doctor takes them off the hormones. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And, yeah. You and know, you, so, you've looked at the genetic pathways. You're not doing yeah, this out of play. Right, you look at it all. You know, like, you know, the risk factors and stuff. And um, so doctor, do you do um, teleconsults? Because I think after listening to this, people are going to want to actually. Yeah, we do. In fact, I would say most of our, I'm licensed in, in a lot of places. And we have a lot of people actually out of the country too. Cool. So we have patients in Europe and Canada and Australia. Um so we do almost everything now is telehealth. We have, we have people come in because we do some procedural stuff too, but, um, but we do tons. It's so easy now because we can hook them up with labs that are close to them. They can get the labs. We can go through them and do these very detailed consults. We can give you what is your biologic age, and then we can start following it. You just follow that every three months. You see, am I changing my biologic age? We can help yeah. you look at you know, parameters like using the Aura Ring or you know, other, other devices to help look and see if what we're doing. But it does really come down to having somebody help you walk through some of the basic basic stuff. And once you learn yeah. some of it, there's a lot you can do on your own. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and this is what, this is just so exciting. So I'm, I'm sure there's going to be lots of people wanting to do that. And, you know, I know all this stuff costs, it will cost people, you know, no. like it just, it costs, you know, but again, what do you want more and what is more important to you? You know, uh, I would, I would give away my house and my everything for, to get my dad back. Yeah. To be you healthy know? and have, have him healthy. Yeah, and, and, I, and I've yeah. spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on my mom, and I right. don't. There's care. nobody who <laughs> is sick state. You know, it, it's once people get sick. Yeah, like I just lost one of my patients. I've been taking care of for 15 years to cancer, but we kept her alive for 15 years with stage four wow. for cancer. But the but you know she gave. I mean, she spent a lot of money at you know on her cancer. The problem is none of us think like that until we have the disease, and we have to yep. think like that ahead of that. And this because, is where like prevention, prevention, prevention is just worth a ton of cure. Because it's just, yeah. you, you're pushing so much shit uphill, really, yeah, once you've actually got exactly. the cancer or you've got the, the whatever. So, you know, if we can get a even just a simple blood test and work out a few of the basics, you know, and then start layering and, and on. Is, and, and I will, you know, encourage that there is a lot of inexpensive things that you can do as well. I mean, intermittent fasting, obviously, that's really cheap. Yeah. Saves you money. But from a lab perspective, you know, we can do, you know, you can do, get a lot of information, like I said, from a basic blood panel that costs 20 bucks. And you can get a lot of information where you say, listen, the suspicion is this. Let's try doing this and see if these parameters change. So there's a lot of actually things you can do that are on the more inexpensive realm. You just have to understand them and, you know, know them. You know, and and then when things don't respond, that's where you do have to kind of pull out the bigger stakes and pull out the bigger guns and and do things. And for those people who do have the, you know, when you, when I, I do think you have to look at where are you spending your money and, and, and we have to show a change and you, you guys are in a different place in the U S but you know, medicine here is so messed up by oh, yeah. insurance companies. Basically now everybody expects that their health insurance is covered. And when something's not covered, you know, well, no one pays for spermidine. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I want my health insurance to pay for something. So we're really have messed the whole game up here. Yeah. And the whole insurance. Yeah. And, and let's not even go there because the whole political, you know, the mess that has been created over time is just, yeah. yeah. And in the States it's really bad. And, and here it's not a heck of a lot better. Um, slightly better perhaps, but not not a lot. But uh, yeah, and, and and you know what? Like um, I was listening to somebody, I can't even remember who it was, and they said, Dr. Perlmutter, Dr. David Perlmutter, 
stop cursing the darkness and light a single candle or something to that effect. And I thought, that's that's the attitude. Instead of banging my head on the brick wall, because sometimes I do feel like that, just just keep bringing this information out to the people. That's what we can do. And the people, you know, and you hope more people listen and you hope, you know, so yeah, I do love that you've brought your stories to light and you're, you know, and, and you're, you're, you know, and you're, you know, you're a real person. It's funny when I did most recently when I did a five day fast, um, I actually brought in two of the girls who I work with who had never fasted before. And actually when I Instagram posted, I Instagrammed with them in the post and people were yes. like, we love that. Cause they were like real people. And I, that yes, they're me. like me. They don't want to be doing this. Yeah, this is yeah. hard. You know, sometimes people see us and like, well, she's not human. She like can do all this cool stuff or, you know, but if you can bring this stuff to the real people and, and, you know, and, and have them real start spreading that word, it makes a big difference. Oh, absolutely. Um, so Dr. Youth, we'll have to wrap up in a minute and I, I, I can honestly, I'd really love to have you back on again. If I, if I can, you know, impose on your time in, in the next month or two um, to, to do a, a part two, because because I think we, we, we didn't go into, I, I would really love to dive a bit deeper into the whole uh, mitochondria. I understand. Yeah, let's spend a whole talk just on mitochondria. That would be that's great. such an amazing topic. Yeah, there's just so, so much From the cancer learn. perspective, I mean, probably going to come oh, down to even mitochondria are the basis for some can- a lot of cancer. So. Yeah, so the metabolic, uh, the, the, this is um, uh, something I've been studying lately is the whole bit, metabolic nature of cancer um, as yeah. opposed to the somatic, uh, what's it called? Yes. The, you know, the, the I've forgotten the, the correct term, the somatic theory of cancer, right? The genetic mutation theory. Yeah, of cancer. Exactly. So I'd love to, exactly. yeah, maybe maybe do a, an, an episode on that. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, Dr. Yuth, where can people uh, join you and your Human Optimization Academy, uh, get teleconsults, get help from you if they want to, you know, so if you just go to boulderlongevity.com, um, that'll lead you. Uh, there's a click for the academy, so you can join the academy. Please do, because we really are trying to get this information to yeah. people so that we bridge that gap between research and actually using it so we can save lives. Um, I'll, you know, just to, on that realm, you know, the insulin, by, insulin took 20 years from the time it was discovered. Think of the lives that were lost. And we have a whole lot of things in our realm that are like that. So please learn about this stuff so that you can spread the word. So borderlongevity.com, go to the Human Optimization Academy, follow me at, at Dr. Yurth on Instagram. Um, you know, so you can, we try and keep people updated there as well a little bit and, and uh, on Facebook. So just go to Boda Longevity, but the Boda Longevity website will guide you along from, from a learning curve, sort of helps you. And, and we're working on kind of where do you fall into this pathway? Where should you start? Am I somebody who knows everything already? I'm going to start here versus the basics. So we're trying to, you know, uh, as Make time is really on. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll try and get it so it's more easy, easily managed from all of your your people who are watching so they know how, how can, where do I fall into this curve? And this is a lot of work. I know. <laughs> I do this sort of stuff too. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So thank you. Thank you for, for being so amazing. Suck, so <laughs> <laughs> you, I think you're absolutely incredible. I think the passion that you bring to everything, I just love, uh, absolutely love having guests on of your caliber that just, uh, you know, like I had Dr. Mansour Muhammad last week. He's another, uh, you know, yeah, must connect with, great, with yeah. him. He's amazing. Um, and, and people like yourself that just are at the cutting edge and passionate about it and actually trying to disseminate the information so that nobody, you know, has to go through things that, you know, we've unfortunately both experienced with our with our families. So right. thank you very much for your dedication Welcome. to your job. And um, I'm really looking forward to having you back on the show. I'd love to. Thanks, Susan. That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends and head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatarmaty.com 